What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. Hello, you are listening to The Dollop. This is American History Podcast. Each week, I read a story from American History to my friend... Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. That lacked enthusiasm? <laughs> Even, like, a slight interest in being here? It lacked it all. <laughs> I'm very interested in being here. I would describe that as a void. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. I could do it like a news reporter. It's too late. How they always do that. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. God, you want a little hit of dude? I'll do one bump. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary, Gareth. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> so, uh, we are on the All Things Comedy Network. You guys, there are tons of great podcasts on the All Things Comedy tons. Network. Uh, go check out allthingscomedy.com. That's what I'm saying. That's my point to you. 1840. Why do you shout it? Is it, is it dad anger? What is... I don't have any dad anger. What are you talking about? <laughs> Bowery Boys okay. were an anti-Catholic lower Manhattan gang who often fought with the Irish Five Points gangs during the 1840s, 50s, and 60s. They stood out from other gangs because they dressed well in a uniform of red shirts and black trousers that were shoved inside of skin, uh, calfskin boots. Sound like white stripes. A little bit. Okay. They also had slick, slicked black hair, or back, just back hair. Sure. Back, no, they wait, not, all, they not, not back, back. They, not they back didn't hair. all have black hair. They, they didn't have back slicked hair. Slicked back hair. So it was slicked back. So they had hair on their backs. No, it was slicked back hair. It wasn't slicked S- back Sorry, hair. so they would style the hair on their backs. I may have paused the incorrect time. They, they would put, like, some Vidal Sassoon in their back hair. This was when back hair and back hair fads were it. Okay. What it wasn't just let's have back hair. It was like, what do you want to do with the back? Hair? So we're finally doing the hair back podcast. Correct. Okay. Um, and they also wore black stovepipe hats. Okay. Okay. Now, now it looks Beautiful. now it looks starting. Like who who came up with this? The first guy, and then everyone sounds like, like Kanye, really? maybe. Really? Yeah. Maybe this is what we're doing. We don't look intimidating at all. We look like a musical. That's why we're going to tuck our pants into our calf skin. Uh, <laughs> I think we're saying the same thing. No, we're not. Bowery boys, unite. Let's all kiss. Oh, fuck what? Let's all kiss. I don't want to kiss. Come on, put on your hat and kiss a man. It's <laughs> your problem. We're the Bowery boys. Put on your hats, kiss a man. I'm all right. starting to feel like the gang is just a way for you to date. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, I think it's a way for you to date and meet other What? Guys. We want to beat people up. I, I we like... are going and beat people up. We shall. But I feel like for you it's different. Let's suck each other's dicks. Okay. What? Okay, this is what I'm talking about. What? 
None, nobody else has like a, their own. We are the hat. Bowery Boys. Nobody, nobody will mess with us. We've got stovepipe hats, and we're all fucking each other. No, here's the thing. This Come is, on. It seems like you have a personal agenda. Is somebody? We're very. I'll op- take my pants off if someone's not going to do it for me. We're very open about having gay people in in the Bowery Boys. We think it's. Totally I am too. Fine. They deserve to be in the gang. If you're gay, okay, welcome so, aboard. So we're just mostly about fighting and stealing. Same stuff. here. That's Same here. That's I don't agree with their lifestyle, but wait, to each their what, own. The people who steal stuff. Huh? No, the gays. Yeah, but you keep... Gays. It's just like, ugh, icky. You know what I mean? Hold my hand. Okay. Just... So we're going to... I'm going to go join the... One of the other I'll come with you. No, I'm going to join another gang. I'll come with... You're the worst leader we've ever had. You're my soulmate. And unlike all other gangs, they were actually employed as printers, mechanics, bar bouncers, butchers, and similar jobs. Okay. So most of the other gangs did not have jobs. Their job these was to be actually, a gang. These guys actually jo- jobs. Right. And then Part-time. Gang, gang members. Yeah. Hence, they could afford the fancy clothes. Right. That's where it's coming from. Well, uh, when they weren't working, they were in the saloons and alleys of the Bowery fighting or robbing people. Their biggest enemy were the Dead Rabbits gang. <laughs> Name is named after dead rabbits. Okay. Uh, The Bowery Boys were also volunteer firemen. Okay. Aligned with the Know Nothing Party. Okay. And later with the Democratic Party. The Bowery Boys were members of different firehouses. This was common for gangs at the time. The Dead Rabbits, the Roach Guards, and the Pug Uglies also mostly belonged to firehouses. These what? The Roach Guards had the worst name. Uh, the Pug Uglies aren't winning any contests. Pug Uglies aren't great, but the Roach Guards... <laughs> roach Guards is pretty that's terrible. The impre- it gives you the impression that they're just guarding roaches. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> We're the cat's pajamas! <laughs> that's terrible. Come on! Many a fight broke out between uh, the gangs at fires. At fires? Yeah, we know this already when we did the fireman episode. Oh, yeah, they fight each other. The Bowery Boys... They're firefighters... The Bowery Boys always sent their biggest man to take control of a fire hydrant once the fire alarm sounded. Okay. He'd grab an empty barrel. This is a bad start. He'd run to the fire plug near the building that was on fire. He'd put the barrel over over the fire plug, and then he'd fight off everyone who tried to take the barrel off. <laughs> Wait. Wait. <laughs> the, they're firefighters? Well, the Bowery Boys wanted to put out the fire. Right. And they didn't want the other gangs to put out the fire. So, so nobody can put out the do, fire? The first thing he would do when they got to the fire is he would, he, would, he would run first before they got the truck ready. They would be getting the truck ready. Oh. And he would run there first, and he would put a barrel over So the, even if other fire departments were there... They couldn't do anything. They couldn't they do anything. Fu- and it would always be the biggest guy. So I guess the greater good wasn't being put first. I mean, it depends what, the, what you mean by the greater good. Saving people from fires. Okay, that wasn't... Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't... Right. Needless to say, putting a barrel over a fire plug and fighting people off took great fighting skill. Yeah. The Bowery Boys uh, loved to fight, and they also worked for politicians. A lot of their fights were done for New York politicians. They would intimidate voters at polling places into voting for a specific candidate. Thank God we're far past that. (laughs) They were also what was known as repeaters, men who would vote over and over in different districts. They'd get cash and helpful influence from politicians that they helped. I wanted you to say different outfits. So they'd have – no, they, that would be awesome if they changed for every time they yeah, voted. Yeah, they just keep coming in. But different. they would just have a list of, of their name and like 
supposed their supposed apartment, like forged documents. Like, right. I live here, and they just go vote vote twenty times. Again, I, it just it just speaks to a time when voting was really weird. <laughs> uh, July fourth, eighteen fifty seven. The Dead Rabbits led a group of street gangs from the Five Points to the Bowery to attack a clubhouse of the Bowery Boys and another affiliated gang, the Atlantic Guards. Much better. The best name so far, better. the Atlantic Guards. Yeah. Yeah. Bowery Boys is a little, eh, the boys. Boys yeah. is not a name you want to associate. I mean, what if it sounds great when you're well, a boy. Well, plus we just, got a, we just got a gap into their behind-the-scenes meetings, and they sound a little weird. They do sound a little strange. So. Uh, the two gangs then met in the street outside of the clubhouse, and the dead rabbits were driven back and forced to retreat. But the fighting did not stop. A few cops showed up to stop the mayhem, but mostly the cops did nothing. The police inactivity led to an escalation of the battle. The fighting continued for three days. What? <laughs> what? What? It's like cricket? <laughs> it's a lot like cricket. How, how, how do you fight for three days? Fuck. Well, with iron bars, paving blocks, brick bats, axes, pitchforks, and pistols. That's a list. That is a list. Sounds like the Anchorman fight. The number involved was said to be between 800 and 1,000 gang members. 1,000 gang members were fighting with axes and guns and pitchforks for three days. Yeah. And the cops are just like, enjoy oh, the show. I am staying out of this. Absolutely, yeah. I wouldn't go near it. If no I was way. Like, you guys, go ahead. I guess just kill each other no, and it's like we're better off? It's like sleep training with a baby. Just let them cry it out. Yeah, it is exactly like sleep training yeah. with a baby. While the fighting was going on, other criminals flooded into the area to loot while the gangs were distracted with each other. Those guys are always the smartest. They people. are the, the looters smartest. are always the smartest. No, they look at it and they go, oh, you guys, everyone's going to be paying attention. You're going to go this. home with a black eye. I'm going home with a flat screen. Right. I mean, I know that flat they, screens are very rare. I, I, know, I know that they didn't have, they had Vizio. They did have Vizio. But they, did, they didn't have what we have now. They no, didn't have they 3D didn't. HD, but they no. had... Flat screens were starting around this they time. Were, they, this was, yeah, flat screens started in, I think, 1830. Right, yeah, exactly. We're saying the same thing. Yeah. The larger police force, uh, a larger police force then showed up and arrested some, but the gangs put up barricades to keep the, keep the cops out. Jesus, of their fight. Yes. Let's join forces they, to keep the cops out. The, yeah, that's exactly what they did. They, they probably called the truce and then put up barricades to keep the cops out so they could keep killing each other. Probably had a nice little lull in conversation where he's yeah. like, uh, Hey, uh, they're here, they're Tommy. Uh, what do you say we uh, we go ahead and fuck the cops? We, we shut the fucking cops out and then I'll go back to poking you in the fucking eye. Yeah, I, yeah absolutely. Yeah, sounds All good. Right, let's do it. Well, say though. Hey, I like your hat. I like your fucking style. I do. I was just oh, about to say, I like to cut out your jib. Oh, thank you. I'm going to mop the fucking floor in fucking five fucking minutes once I get this nail. I'm going to cut your fucking I'm going to eat your fucking I'm brain. Gonna I'm going to eat your fucking brain. Let's get the wallop. Get the wallop. Uh, a political boss who had a lot of influence over the gangs was called in by police, but he was also driven away. <laughs> Finally, the military was called. Jesus. And they came in cracking heads. The gangs scattered and retreated. So over the three days, eight gang members were killed and well over 100 injured. Jesus. The dead were carted away and buried under houses and buildings, as was gang custom at the time. Annoying custom for a homeowner. That's exactly. 
Right. Could you not? In the excuse under me. My, excuse me. You, fuck off. No, but I don't want to. <laughs> no, but it's not. It's my home. Fuck off. Yes, but it's my home. Right. Here's me saying something. Fuck off. We're putting Tommy in the dirt. Respect the dead. Okay, just. I have a deposit. Oh, you have a deposit. Uh, go ahead. What does Tommy have? Does he have his fucking life? I'm sorry your friend is does dead. Does he have his fucking life? I am life? sorry that your friend is dead. Okay. Just saying. I have a deposit. Just... Yeah, I don't know what your fucking deposit is. Well, I'm it, putting Tommy under your house. That's not the deposit I'm interested in. So. But... Well, that's your deposit. Okay, well, bury your friend under my fucking house then. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Still alive. Needless to say, the Bowery boys enjoyed a good fight. And therefore, they loved the illegal sport of boxing. Okay. The illegal sport. Illegal sport of boxing. Okay. Just after sunset on February 1st, 1867, a train pulled into New Haven, Connecticut state train station with a load of Bowery boys. Okay. There, they met up with boxer Billy Warburton and marched off towards the small town of Milford. All right. Warburton was to box Horatio Bolster, who was a local Connecticut fighter. Okay. The New York Tribune got wind of the fight and sent a reporter along to report on the action. The crowd set up a makeshift ring beside the banks of the Housatonic River. There were, there were Yale students, gamblers, thieves, pickpockets, other fighters, and of course the Bowery Boys. The Bowery Boys were taking all the bets. Then they said about drinking and partying all night. Okay. At around nine in the morning, Warburton tossed his fur hat into the ring. Sorry, he's partying? Yeah. The guy who's fighting? Everyone's partying. (laughs) I didn't realize he was partying. That's a boxing match. Exactly. That's my point to you. So they got there at night, and they went over to a field near the river, and they set up a boxing ring. Drank and and partied all night. All night. And then at nine in the morning, one of the boxers throws his hat in the ring. Throwing your hat in the ring meant you were ready to challenge another gentleman to a fight. So it's kind of like keys with a drunk driver. You're like, give me your hat. Yeah. You ain't tossing it till you can make some fucking better decisions. You're just, if you're to toss your hat now, you'd fucking regret it. I don't it. know what you're saying. You'll thank me later. I don't know what you're saying. You're not ready to toss your hat in the ring yet. Okay, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, 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 I yeah, agree yeah. with you. Yeah, 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 all right, all right. The hat sat in the ring for an hour. Okay, so it, it had little meaning? Because, like, oh, we'll get to it. I mean, what's the, just say you're ready then. The crowd got bigger and bigger, and everyone pushed against the ropes. Then around 10 a.m., Bolster threw hid his hat into the ring. Oh, Jesus. Just get in the fucking ring. Now the fight was official. And now the hats fought. Now the, <laughs> the fight was official. What if they had arranged a hat fight? Look at them go. Ah, shit, they're not doing anything. Uh, Throw some booze at them. Don't worry. The stovepipe's going down into oh, farth. Look at that fur hat. I'm not betting on that right now. Warburton was... In this corner, a fur hat. <laughs> hey. How you guys doing? Warburton was the taller. What if you forgot your hat? That's tough. Warburton was the taller and uh, heavier of... Uh, Fighter. Uh, Bolster was also so drunk at this point, he could barely stand on his feet. They're both shit-faced? Yeah. Okay, sure. The (laughs) betting odds heavily favored the not-as-drunk Warburton. 
Yeah, I mean, that's... You know what? Just looking at these two fellas, I'm going to fight. I'm going to bet on the fella that can stand up. Well, I've done a lot of homework figuring uh-huh. out that, uh, I'll tell you, Warburton, his hook normally would be what I would say would, would win a fight like this. Uh-huh. But both fighters are just so incredibly intoxicated Yeah. Uh, that I'm just going to bet on the one who's standing better. Okay, then. All right. I'll take your money. That's not what I was saying. What's your name? No, I don't want to get into Man with the face. All right. Uh, Put that man with the face. He bet on both of them. <laughs> That's, no, no. That, just a reporter. Uh, so, uh, this is just before the creation of the Marquis of Queensbury boxing rules, which were much, much closer to today's modern day rules. It, it, it includes like a one minute between rounds, no hugging or wrestling, a 10 second count, gloves, no shoes, uh, with spikes and boots, etc. No but shoes the, with spikes? But for this, none of that applied. None of Never thought you'd need to put that rule in applied. the boxing rule book. So, so shoes with spikes are allowed. Uh, they are? Yeah, it was part of boxing. Shoes with spikes were allowed. Yeah, yeah. Just not because there were some rules, so you couldn't have like half inch spikes. You could just have like quarter inch spikes. So boxing, boxing, boxing was kicking. Uh, boxing was like a crazy death match. Okay, got it. So the reason those rules were created is because of the rules in fights like this one that was about to take place. The rules in this fight. Included bare knuckles, shoe spikes, head butting, eye gouging, and really anything you wanted to do. Oh my, the fight could go on for as many rounds as both men could handle. The only thing you couldn't do was hit a man when he was down. I'm shocked that that's a rule. <laughs> In all the things you just said, how, but, but, but if he's down, be that's respectful. It. Be respectful. No, you can't grind your shoe on his face when he's on the mat. <laughs> oh, but it's boxing. What do you mean you can't grind your shoe on his face? It's boxing. Oh, this sport's gone to shit. What the fuck? This used to be a sport for men. I'm going to go watch Murder Club. That's that's a sport that I can get behind. That's just really hit a guy in the head with a club, yeah? They kill guys, yeah. yeah. They just kill a guy. I love that sport. It's great. Very competitive. Bolster had what I would describe as the worst boxing strategy ever. So he would let Warburton hit him two or three times, and then he would flop to the ground smiling. Now, he's super drunk. Right. No, that's puzzling. So he's being a little mischievous with his intoxication. Sure. But, but it seems like he's burning energy. Not even burning energy, but it, like, how are you going to win? Right. You have to punch the other guy at some point. At some point. Yeah, you got to box. This went on for five rounds. Jesus. Finally, Warburton couldn't take the bullshit anymore, and he snapped. In the sixth round, Bolster flopped again. But Warburton still went after him, punching him and punching him as he was on the ground. He had to be dragged away, and he was disqualified. So that was a good fight. strategy. Yes. <laughs> the worst. Because he, what he did was he just took advantage of the only rule. Yes. <laughs> Until that dude broke the rule. Until Warburton <laughs> broke the rule. The crowd was livid. They expe- had expected to see at least 12 rounds, if not many more, of two guys trying to murder each other. And a crowd full of angry, uh, drunk guys, this was obviously not a good thing. A massive brawl broke out between all of the spectators. I, just, I don't even, I wonder how, like how. You're just so aggravated by what you just saw that you need to beat up the man next to you. Well, the guy, he went, yeah, I won! You punched that guy. Oh, you won? I'm going to fucking kill you! 
the the uh, huge <laughs> the brawl. energy the energy shift in that environment must have just oh, been so palatable. Just tremendous. Yeah, the huge brawl oh. flowed into the town of Milford. Milford was known. So these are like cartoon brawls where like it's just like a cloud of smoke that's rolling around with like a random yeah. fist and head every like couple to- seconds. Totally, one hundred percent. Okay. Milford was known for shipbuilding, farming, and oystering, uh, and there was a small but growing industrial area. It was also a beach resort town for residents of New Haven and Bridgeport. Although it was February, so they probably weren't there. What was not known for was riots. The crowd went bug fuck when it got into Milford. They smashed all the windows and destroyed fences and vandalized whatever was in front of them. Finally, to calm things down, someone came up with the idea of an impromptu boxing match that they arranged by the railroad tracks between two different random men. (laughs) I love the idea of stopping a fight for a fight. Well, they stopped a big fight for For a little little fight. fight. All right, I know how to stop this. (laughs) You and you, you want a box? Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, let's go down. Everybody, come on. Oh, cool. So everyone gathers around. Sorry I hit you so hard, Ted. Uh, the two random guys were named uh, Breeny and Arnold. The New, York, uh, New York Tribune, quote, they fought, I love that the Tribune is still there. Yeah. Well, they went to they went to watch an actual boxing match between two boxes, and now they're just reporting on a random a fight reporter. near railroad tracks. Yeah. He went to a fight, and two more fights broke out. Quote, they fought up and down the enclosed track in the most disgusting and beastly manner for a space of 20 minutes, <sighs> chewing, biting, and gouging each other without molestation or interference from the delighted crowd. Brini had his upper lip and part of his nose eaten off. <laughs> I- I'm going to be sick. What? He got his nose and lip bitten off, off. a little? Yeah. Off? Yeah. When I, was in, when I was in high school, uh, there was a guy named BJ Newsom who was a just a fucking monster of a human being. Shout out to BJ. And he was... Get being, in touch with Dave on Facebook if you hear this. He was being an asshole to a bus driver, public bus driver, not a school bus driver, public bus driver. And the guy, the bus driver ordered him off the bus and BJ Newsom got into a fight with the bus driver and bit off the tip of his nose. What? Yeah. It was a good ride. It was a good ride home. We, I, bet, actually, I bet that stop button they, was hitting. We all had like, to actually get off the bus. Why? Well, if you what start, happened? Here's the thing about here's the thing about public transportation. If you start uh-huh. eating the guy who drives the public sure. transportation, you can't be publicly transported right. anymore. Oh, does that make sense? Man, kind of. Yeah, kind of. No. <laughs> all right. So Brinley's had his upper lip and part of his nose eaten off. Eaten. And his head, Eaten isn't bitten, by the way. And his head was nearly kicked to pieces. <laughs> God, Dave, why are we laughing? I mean, that is uh, that is so awful. But the, the idea of insane. saying his head gets kicked to pieces and everyone's like, "Yay!" <laughs> like it's boxing to say that someone's head almost got kicked to into pieces. Ah, uh, fuck. Jesus. So I assume he was the loser because that's the description of the fight. <laughs> When our reporter left the depot at the junction... That poor reporter! How's the weekend? How's the story? Oh, it was a weird one. Um, I don't know. Uh, I went to see a boxing match and I came back with PTSD. I don't um, I don't want to be a reporter anymore. I don't think I want to be a person. I kind of don't even want to be a person. I'm going to try to get buried under someone's home soon. <laughs> kind of feels like where I'm headed. 
when the reporter left, Arnold was up on the platform of the station, lying unconscious and unheeded as any dog bleaching in the sun. So that's the other guy. The guy who didn't get his head kicked in, is, who didn't get his face eaten off, is the guy lying unconscious. Where's... And they just left him there. Where's the other guy? Well, he's the winner. Oh, the other guy won. The guy who had his head kicked in? Yeah. His face he won? Off. He won. He won? He won the fight. What? How does the he other win guy's the fight? unconscious. The other guy's in... Is, his, is the other guy's head in pieces? Ah, fuck. I don't know. Ah. Uh. And while three uh, county police stood in a distance of about 20 feet, whittling sticks and debating whether they should or should not arrest this reporter who was present. Arrest the reporter? <laughs> oh, they should have. Oh, fuck, should they have. It, yeah. Excuse me, sir, can we talk to you? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you guys whatever you want to know. It looked like it was sort of instant. You're under arrest for what? what? What's You're under arrest. What about the guys who punched the guy and the guy that ate the guy's face? A guy ate a guy, a guy, ate a guy's face. Mm-hmm. He kicked a guy in the head and the other guy's unconscious. Yeah, what about those guys? You're going uh, down, downtown. No, no, I'm just a reporter. I report things. Yeah, you're going, uh, you're going away for a long time. For, for your behavior today? Okay. And we're just going to let America has be. some issues. That'll be the headline of my story. Well, there won't be a story. You'll be in oh, jail. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Now, it turns out the people of the town of Milford were furious. <laughs> This event caused them to hire a professional police officer to stop anything like this happening again. What did they have before? Nothing. But what kind they of were police? They were just a little quaint town. They didn't need it. So they just had like Andy Griffith, just like, oh, boy. Yeah, but back then, you like if there was a criminal, I guess, you know, there was probably a, a, a volunteer guy that kept the peace. But now they had to hire professionals because they were like, well, it's too much. Like a superhero? Like a superhero. Oh, man. That's what this story's about. It's about Aquaman. It is, isn't it? <laughs> I knew it was headed there. Um, so the Bowery boys uh, obviously still like their boxing. In 1869, a boxing match occurred in Mystic, Connecticut. This time there was no riot, but instead the Bowery boys seized control of the train on the ride home and robbed all of the passengers. Jesus, uh, it's like they're getting it done. It's hard. It's hard to hate them <laughs> because. Their game is so strong. So strong. It's hard to hate them. I mean, they're riding home. They're drunk. They're like, well, then look at all these fucking people we haven't robbed. Well, let's rob them. <laughs> Getting robbed by a wasted guy, too. Ugh. State law enforcement realized wherever they put cops to stop trouble, the New York City promoters would just switch locations and do the fight somewhere else. It was like whack-a-mole. But they still kept watch. In 1870, the police found out that the Bowery boys were planning another match in Connecticut and that they were coming back to Milford. This time to Milford's... I love, I love that they're going back. I mean, that is obviously like a fuck you. Well, it is years later. Yeah, but still, that it is... It is still a fuck you. Well, it's so specific. If it is a small town... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a, a tour. Uh, this time they're going to Milford's Charles Island. The fight was scheduled for April 13th, 1870, between Edward Toohey of Brooklyn and James Kerrigan of New York City. I can't believe these guys are Irish. The fight organizer was named Reddy the Blacksmith. The fight organizer was named... Reddy the Blacksmith. R-E-D-D-Y? Yep. He was a Bowery boy who had been born in London. Uh, All right. My name's Reddy. That's about right. And I'm Reddy. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I just thought I've Uh, I've introduced myself. Okay. That's fair. I might be coming back in the story. Might not. Who knows, you know? (laughs) 
he got his nickname due to his red hair. I got the nick. How I got the nickname was actually based on my hair color. It was, and, and because he was a blacksmith, and because uh, obviously being a blacksmith. So <laughs> you know, if you're a blacksmith, what they always say should be called a redsmith. Why you're black? So that's part of it too. Yeah, a little insight into my background. Yeah, uh, ready-made burglary tools. <laughs> <laughs> also, I started a little side business. Yeah, you know, leaner times. Yeah, you know, mouths to feed. So I actually make a, got a nice line of burglar equipment. <laughs> At this point, he was a criminal legend in New York and owned a combined grocery store and saloon <laughs> on Broadway and Houston Street. I'm going to go get drunk and shop. I'm going to go to drunk and shop. Ah, uh, fucked up. I'm going to go get some eggs. I mean, that's so great to shop wasted. It's awesome. Boy, I bought a lot of now. bread. They, I they, really bought a lot a, of bread. They're opening up bars in Whole Foods. I know that, yeah. yeah. I got, a, I got a, a buddy of mine who fucking loves to go to Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> My Texas friend, he goes to Whole Foods and he brings the hammer down. <laughs> uh, Reddy controlled a lot of the criminal activity in New York's Bowery District around 1870. He also loved fighting and gambling. Oh, and he had killed three men. Also, uh, quick side note, I've murdered multiple times. But he got off all every time uh, with a self-defense verdict. Okay. Yeah. Hey, which was, was so, coming at me. Which is so easy back then. I mean, yeah. like you think about how like they investigate stuff now. I mean, they, just like down to like a carpet fiber, they could yeah. figure out what exactly happened. This is a time when you could just murder a man and be like, yeah, he's come at me with a fucking spoon. I think it's kind of like that again here. Yeah, it's true, actually. <laughs> uh, he had been arrested numerous times since he arrived in New York uh, in 1848, 13 years old. I'm sorry. Yeah. He... Hey, Mom! I'm no, heading no, over Dave, to America. Dave, Dave. I'm heading to America. Dave. Ah. He's 13? He was 13 when he arrived. He's not 13. Okay. It's This is 20... Okay. No, not even 20. For a second. Wait, so this is a... Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is 22 years later. Yeah, I've come, come to America. <laughs> Go find myself, yeah? Figure it out. Start a little gambling ring, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> How old are you? 13. Oh, you're so cute. Yeah. Yeah. I won't ever be corrupted. <laughs> uh, on one election day, like a good Bowery boy... He was arrested with 15 property tax bills in his pocket, there each from go. a different address. He was going to vote 15 different times. Not a boy. I'm the best. Uh, he once was caught after he robbed a man and fled to California instead of facing justice. He was supposed to wait in California until his victim could be persuaded to change his story. But when he was on the train, he helped a woman get back into her compartment after she had locked herself out. Train security watched how smoothly he was at opening the lock and quickly concluded that he had to be a professional thief. Wow. So they held him and returned him to New York. Luckily, when he got back, the robbery victim had said he had made a mistake. Not a different guy. It was no, a not different the guy. Not no. a, Sir, what happened to your nose? Um. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. That. So. Okay. Uh -huh. I was. Um. I was climbing. Yeah. Yeah. I was climbing a big mountain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when I got to the summit of the mountain. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I thought I'm gonna put an American flag in here and say it's for America. Yeah. 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 And then. Um. Uh, then I, I. I fell. Yeah. Yeah. And your nose came off. And my nose fell off yeah, yeah yeah okay and then i came down yeah and there's no flag in the mountain right. fell down before right if that happened 
And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so and he didn't do it. Ready didn't do it. No, not ready. Ready's great. I love Reddy. No, but the other day you said that he threatened to murder you. I know. I, you know, I think it was from that mountain fall. Okay. I was really, I was all sort of rewired. I was just off. I said a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think this is pretty much closed up, and I can just uh, get back to my life. <laughs> I doubt that. Huh? Nothing. What? You're going to die. Excuse me? Huh? So, Reddy shows up in Connecticut to put on a Tuhi Kerrigan fight. But that night, he had met his match in Connecticut, go- Connecticut Governor Marshall Jewell. Jewell was a businessman who ran That's a tannery. a great governor name. Yeah. Who ran a tannery and uh, made leather goods during the Civil War. Now he was running the state, and the people were disgusted by the bo- boxing matches that were popping up without anyone being punished. Participating or organizing a fight at this time was punishable by five years in jail. Okay. Anyone attending could get two years in jail. That is interesting. (laughs) Wow. But the New York gangs and their fighters had managed to get into the state, fight, often cause trouble in towns, and get back to New York without being caught. Now Jewel is determined to stop it. Tui and his crew left Brooklyn uh, for Charles Island on a ship named Pope Catlin. At the same time, fighter Kerrigan... Pope Catlin? Yeah, that's the name of the ship. Okay. Uh, At the same time... Fighter Kerrigan uh, got there on a series of different boats. In Bridgeport, people heading to the fight started hearing rumors that police were actually going to try to stop this fight. And it turned out to be true. Police started rounding up the near 100 people who had already gathered on the island to see the fight. When word got out, another group hopped on a train in Bridgeport and headed back to New York. But at Fairfield, the train was taking longer than usual to leave the station. And when it finally pulled out, just the locomotive left. They, they had unconnected the cars from the locomotive. Now that's the whole point! <laughs> that's what a train is! Yeah, that's the... They, oh, it's all fucked! So they were stranded. Then the National Guard rolled in aboard another train and quickly started arresting all the gang members at gunpoint. Wow. The jails all throughout Connecticut were packed with fighters, promoters, gamblers, and pickpockets. Oh, Jesus. The Pope Caitlin steamer, when it arrived, was impounded and taken into custody was Ready the Blacksmith and Tui. The New York Sun had, uh, ran a headline the next day, Keep Them, Connecticut. Ah. But at that point, co-workers, co-workers, I call them co-workers. Sure. Ready the Smith's co-workers had already bailed him out and he was back in New York reading the headline. Laughing. <laughs> but Ready the Blacksmith and Governor Jewell weren't done with each other yet. Um, in 1870, the Bowery Boys still had a had a very well known reputation throughout New England for breaking up uh, polls, smashing ballot boxes, and disrupt, disrupting New York City elections. So Governor Jewell forged a telegraph from the guy he was running against to make it seem like he was going to bring the Bowery Boys up to Connecticut to smash the polls and wreak havoc. So he makes this fake telegram and he pretends like it's sent from his opponent. Boy, he is playing saying. Them. That he's going to send guys into smash. He's playing them so well, right? He's totally playing them. (laughs) This would ensure that Jewel would lose. Right? Well. Because they were, because in in the fake telegram. Okay. He's making it seem like the Bowery Boys are coming up to stop him from getting elected. Right. Which which to the popular, to the Connecticut voters, it looks like, well, what are we going to do? We can't vote for 
Jewel, this other guy's playing this game. Right. Even though the other guy didn't do anything. Right. Wait, can't vote for Jewel or can't vote for the other guy? They were coming up to stop people from voting for Jewel. Right, but 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 the what it will do to the voters is it will make them want to vote for Jewel. Yeah, it'll make them want to. Right. Vote for okay. Jewel. That's right. but but in their mind they're going to be stopped from voting for Jewel. Right. Okay. Like if the Bowery Boys come, they're not going to be able to vote. Okay. All right. The press jumped all over the story, and then Flies Jewel shit. had someone bring cash to ready the blacksmith. Okay. Reddy and his gangs showed up in Connecticut the Sunday before the election. Well, we got a big bag of money. But it was just for show. Here we are. That was enough to flip everyone out, and everyone voted for Jewel. So he just created such fear that everybody, that he just would win in a landslide. Yeah, he, the guys that he, that he caught and right. sent back to Connecticut for being these violent gang members, he then used pretending they were coming to stop him because right so he's against them already yeah, yeah so he pretends like they're all coming to stop him from getting elected when in actuality he's paying them just to show up and walk around the he day, did a couple days before the election he did actually pay ready to just show up yeah he paid them to show up and walk <laughs> he got around. like a kim kardashian dj fee and then they all went back and then he won the election <laughs> dude that's good it's politician. the fucking greatest politician that's good politicianing um so he won another term Things didn't go well for Reddy the blacksmith. He was forced to close his saloon in 1875 because his kidneys were failing. That's not surprising. He died within a year. Governor Jewell went on I'm to become... I'm dead now. Um, that's it for yeah. me. Yeah. That's it. Signing off for the last time. Reddy, Reddy the blacksmith. Reddy the dead. <laughs> I hope that God is ready for Reddy. All right, that's enough. What? Just try to work on my no, last we're, words. We're, we're done with you. Well, can I, start, can I do a quick shout? No. Nope. Can I plug some dates? <laughs> I'll be at Flappers on the 18th main room. Governor Jewell went on to become the Postmaster General of the United States and Republican Party Chairman. He died in 1883 of pneumonia. It came on very fast. When Jewell asked his doctor, how long does it take for a man to die? The doctor said, in your condition, Governor, it's only a matter of a few hours. Oh, Jesus. Uh, give, it to a... me, give it to me less straight, Doc. What's a, what's a tapa? Anyway. Hard to come up with a bucket list for that time frame. Anyway, that's what America used to be like. (laughs) Good. Always fun. Always fun to learn about a new little wrinkle in this warped mind of ours. Uh, If you want to, please donate to Patreon. That helps us out a lot. Uh, Like I said, you can go to the Bandcamp Dave Anthony page and uh, click on Merch, and there you'll find our posters on sale, which we'll sign. Uh, I'll also shave this mustache and uh, put it in a bag and someone can buy it. Gareth is going to sell his mustache. We signed cars! Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow September 13th, London September 15th, Dublin September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham September 20th, 
Bristol September 22nd and Cardiff September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide November 16th. Canberra November 17th. Brisbane November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there hey there people listening to the dollop uh this is gareth yes the same guy i listen i have a new podcast called we're here to help that i'm doing with my friend jake johnson it's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't but we try to help people with problems that are important to them you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts and it is out right now so go listen to we're here to help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. 